Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. During COVID, Australia transformed from one of the coolest countries in the world to one of the most communist. How did this happen? To many people, to many observers, this transformation was totally unexpected. And yet we can look at the history of this great nation along with the prophecy and the recent trends, and we can understand why Australia's downfall took place. Australia was founded in 1788 as a penal colony for British criminals. But these prisoners had their own transformation. They became pioneers of a new nation. This is a little bit of the lyrics from the 1987 Seekers song, I am, you are, we are Australian. I came upon the prison ship bowed down by iron chains. I bought the land, endured the lash, and waited for the rains. I'm a settler. I'm a farmer's wife on a dry and barren run. A convict, then a free man, I became Australian. So that's a pretty inspiring history. People who came to a new island, served their prison sentence, and then when they were freed, worked the land and built a nation. A nation that has had a long history of service in the British Empire, although that history is also fading away today. Australia is known as the lucky country. It has a great location, a lot of natural resources. And of course, people who worked hard to build the country into what it became. This is an article by Mr. Callum Wood from the February 2022 Philadelphia Trumpet. Australia, Aussie spirit, empire spirit. Mr. Wood recounts how Australia's perhaps greatest moment came in World War I. Australia stepped up and answered the call to defend Britain. He says here in 1914, Australians had convictions and a spirit so strong that they sacrificed their lives for their nation and their empire. This nation was one of the few that maintained a purely volunteer military for the entire conflict. From a population of fewer than 5 million, 416,809 men enlisted. More than 60,000 were killed and 156,000 wounded or captured. 
Australia made a tremendous blood sacrifice in World War I. We have an awesome booklet about Australia available to you for free at thetrumpet.com written by the late Ron Fraser. Australia, where to now? And Mr. Fraser also recounts some of this incredible history in the booklet. He quotes an Australian parliament member in 2000 who gives some details of Australia's contribution in World War I. It should be borne in mind that there were 4,500 Turks in the trenches. Behind them was wave after wave of barbed wire. Behind that were wave after wave of machine guns, and cannons were behind them. They extended from Gaza to the wells at Beersheba. The Aussies, as Aussies do, said, give us a crack at it. They charged. The Turks could not believe that anybody would be foolish enough to take them on head on. Today, it is history that not only did they get through Gaza and the wells of Beersheba, but they were the first into Jerusalem and liberated Jerusalem. They changed history forever. So clearly, Australia was once a very mighty nation with epic accomplishments. There is a lot we can learn from Australia, a lot we can admire about their history. Mr. Wood writes in his article, Australians fought and died under the Union Jack. They died for something they believed in, the British Empire and its ideals. Mr. Gerald Flurry wrote in the November-December 2021 Royal Vision, Britons like British Prime Minister Winston Churchill worked and sacrificed for something far greater than themselves. They believed not only in the glory of the empire, but also what it had done for the world and what it could do for the future. And Mr. Flurry continues, In a world with many peoples who had barbaric and beastly practices, the empire could provide freedom and direction that would civilize and ennoble people as well as protect them from exploitation and tyranny. That is why Australia fought. That is why Australia was once so great. Notice what Australian Prime Minister John Howard said in 2007 during a severe drought. It's very serious. It's unprecedented in my lifetime. And I really feel very deeply for the people affected. So we should all literally and without any irony pray for rain over the next six to eight weeks. That wasn't very long ago. Just back in 2007, Australia still had a leader that looked to God and thought that God could deliver them from national trials. It wasn't very long ago that Australians 
believed in God and worshiped God and prayed to God. It wasn't that long ago that Australians had something great to fight for. The glory and majesty of the British Empire and spreading superior values to the world. Today, we live in an age of moral relativism where all cultures are supposedly the same. Therefore, no one can spread his culture and benefit others by doing so because all cultures are the same. People are willing to disregard the many contributions of the British Empire to the entire world, lifting entire nations out of poverty and allowing them to achieve their potential and be educated properly. The British Empire had its flaws like any government, but Australians once believed that it was largely a force for good in the world. And Australians once looked to God for answers. In recent years, so much has changed with Australia, though. Notice here this sobering prophecy, this warning from God. This is Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, the Lord, the eternal of hosts, does take away from Jerusalem and from Judah the stay and the staff, the whole stay of bread and the whole stay of water. Verse 2. The mighty man and the man of war, the judge and the prophet and the prudent and the ancient. Verse 3, the captain of 50 and the honorable man and the counselor and the cunning artificer or the skillful artisan and the eloquent orator. So God himself takes away strong leaders. And this is an end time prophecy. It applies to the modern day nations of Israel and Judah. As you can prove by studying our free book, The United States and Britain in Prophecy, available to you at thetrumpet.com, the descendants of Israel are largely America and Britain. That includes Australia as well. And they are losing their strong leaders. It is no accident. It is no coincidence. God is taking those strong leaders away. Verse 4 shows what has replaced those strong leaders. Isaiah 3 verse 4. And I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. So today, Australia is afflicted by leaders who rule like children. Sadly, that is just the curse that Australia is going through today. Australia enacted the strictest COVID measures in the entire world. I mean, maybe you could say China was a little bit worse. But Australia, who expected Australia to become so extreme in response to a virus? Mr. Wood, in his article, again, Aussie Spirit, 
Empire Spirit from the trumpet last year explains very well how Australia basically fell apart because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Weak national leadership left it up to the individual states to decide how to respond to the pandemic. And the state leaders left it up to the health officials. And so it became the tyranny of the health minister. Mr. Wood writes, suddenly unelected bureaucrats nobody had heard of were revoking the basic freedoms of Australians everywhere in the most stringent, least fact-based lockdown laws in the world. Notice how absurd it was. First came travel restrictions. Borders closed, planes were grounded, then the masks came on, and two-meter social distancing was mandated. Then four-meter distancing, then two-meter distancing again. Then directives to eat sitting down, not standing up. <laughs> the outright bizarre and illogical quickly turned sinister. In South Africa, residents quarantined at home were forced to display signs indicating their status. This was to aid locals in reporting to authorities anyone who breached their home quarantine. Mr. Wood explains how one man went into an elevator and sneezed and became public enemy number one in the country. Three teenagers who broke out of a coronavirus quarantine facility were under attack by the entire nation as well, even though those three teenagers tested negative for the coronavirus. They didn't want to be cooped up in a quarantine facility, which is ridiculous in the first place, but they weren't even positive. They didn't even have the virus, and they were still being locked away like criminals. Mr. Wood continues, communist-ruled Victoria implemented the most stringent lockdown measures, confining residents to a five-kilometer radius for months on end. Wherever citizens mustered enough Aussie spirit to protest, the police moved in with surprising force. Riot police shot rubber bullets at unarmed protesters from point-blank range. Officers threw elderly ladies to the ground and pepper-sprayed them. After that came all the mandates, the vaccine mandates, basically ostracizing the unvaccinated from society, turning them into a lower class of people. Mr. Wood writes here, the Aussie spirit has been smothered by power drunk leaders who are intent on building a communist Australia and a docile public sits back and watches it happen. So how does God feel about something like this happening in a nation that he has blessed? Do you think maybe God gets a little bit angry when he sees tyranny overtake Australia? And when he sees the public just sort of sleepwalk through all of it and comply with all of it and get just totally trampled by their own leaders? Isaiah 3, verse 15. What mean you that you beat my people to pieces 
and grind the faces of the poor, says the Lord God of hosts. God is very angry at the injustice and oppression of Australian leaders. But this wasn't something that just happened overnight to Australia. They didn't just go from a God-fearing, empire-loving, strong people to a people in lockdown and in prison, basically, overnight. That didn't just happen overnight. In this Australia booklet by Mr. Fraser, there are some very disturbing trends that we could have traced back decades to understand how exactly Australia ended up this way. And we could have looked at those trends and done something about it so that the full-on tyranny during the lockdowns would never have occurred. The fact is, Australia, along with much of the West, let her guard down after the fall of the Soviet Union in the late 1980s. We were in an all-out cold war against communism until the Soviet Union collapsed. And then we, re we thought that the threat was over and that if there's no actual nation threatening us with communism then the threat of communism doesn't even exist. But we have been infiltrated by communism, even for decades before the fall of the Soviet Union. Mr. Fraser writes about the third-way theory. So this was a way to pivot away from communism. People on the left side of the political spectrum obviously couldn't push overt communism, <laughs> On nations like Australia they had to find a third way there's the left there's the right there's there's communism and conservatism but there's also the third way and it's a little bit more cloaked mr. Fraser explains here how the the third way politicians focus on restructuring the labor market spending a ton of money on education, taking a soft approach to immigration. And yet, this kind of government fails every time. You can see it in the, in the United States of America today as well. <laughs> the results are disastrous. People flood in from around the world, and they reap all the blessings of this country without assimilating, without having any loyalty to the country that gives them so much. And really, the whole country's economy is weighed down by unchecked immigration, so much of it being illegal immigration. How are we supposed to afford people who do not contribute to the system? The safety net becomes gigantic. And it even pays for people who don't want to work, who are able-bodied and don't want to work. spending all this money on education, which is turning out to be indoctrination today, is extremely foolish as well. Pouring money into public education 
where so many of these teachers are bent on brainwashing our children. But that's the approach of the third way. And it's the subtle, creeping advance of communism in Australia and the West. Mr. Mr. Fraser writes about a couple of twin terrors, the twin terrors that Australia faces today. This is on page 37 of the Australia booklet. Today we face twin terrors. The one clearly Islamic fanaticism and the other the intellectual terror of the rabid, feminized, racist, politically correct thought police. Oh, for a return to the days of common sense. You see, there are threats to Australia from without and within. People like radical Islamists who hate our way of life and want to annihilate us. But then there are those attacks from within. Creeping communism, the third way, undermining our nation by political correctness and socialism and indoctrination and by tearing down law so that criminals prevail. Jeremiah 6 verse 16 says that the people will not walk in the old paths. They choose not to walk the good way, the way that would bring them so much peace and so many blessings. There simply is not very much common sense in the world today. There is a myth in Australia about a stolen generation of Aborigine children, Aboriginal children. And so Australia decided to apologize for this total myth. It sounds very similar to what happened in Canada recently with that uh, hoax about the unmarked graves of indigenous school children. Leftists are always looking for ways to divide the people and turn minorities against the government and against tradition and law. But the fact is, in Australia, 100,000 children did not disappear. It's just absolutely absurd. They were not stolen by the government. There was never a government policy in Australia to kidnap children from their parents. What a hideous lie. Now, there are examples where the, the government has to intervene. <laughs> it's, it's called protecting children from abusive environments. But that doesn't mean that it's targeting one specific group of people based on race. It's based on the drug addiction and the unreliability of the parents, the abuse of the parents. And yet Australia apologized for this myth. And they let aboriginals just dance around and basically pay homage to demons in parliament. On the floor of the government 
operation of the country. What does God think when we apologize and we kneel before paganism? It's happening in all of our nations where we're no longer worshiping God. We're trying to tolerate every kind of religion, every kind of satanic belief system. But as Herbert W. Armstrong said in Mystery of the Ages, God is letting the law of cause and effect take full toll. There is cause and effect. And when we choose paganism over God, when we choose political correctness over confronting radical Islamic terrorism, when we allow generations of children to be isolated from society and become parts of gangs, that's become a big problem in Australia. Islander children feeling like they don't belong in their society. You see, another failure to assimilate, and these children are out committing crimes. It's happening in America today as well. Gangs of teenagers just ransacking every store. Law is being torn down. Family is being torn down. Single motherhood is being incentivized. Half of women are choosing to be single. More and more people are choosing to remain unmarried into their 40s and to never have children. Family is under attack. Law is under attack. And so how do we address these crippling problems in Australia, in the West in general? We have to get back to the fundamentals. Mr. Wood writes in his article from last year, Australia cannot afford to forget its history. Not just the history of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps who fought and died for freedom. Not just the history of the British Empire that brought education and light to a dark world. Not even the history of the pioneers who crossed oceans and forged a new nation. Australia must remember or learn for the first time its history with God. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.